afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is Christina, and I invite you to take a moment here today and breathe deeply. Allow your mind to settle into your head, your heart to settle into your chest, and your awareness to settle into your body. All the way down into your pelvis as you are seated on whatever it is that you are seated on. As you're listening to the show, let your energy connect all the way down to feel your feet. And through our feet, let us give thanks to the ancestors. It is on their shoulders that we stand. We give thanks to them for joining us here today, and we call them in. We ask them to bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to each one of us, that we might move that legacy of all those lives lived in a good way, all those deaths experienced in a good way, all those who found a way to be in the world in a good way. We ask for that legacy to be with us here today. We ask to learn to live in a way that we can access that legacy, the wisdom of those who have gone before us, and allow our ancestors to help us. We open up to these ancestral helping spirits and ask them to gather around us here today that we might hear with open ears and listen uh, well, that we might speak the words that need to be heard, and please feel free to ask the questions that need to be asked. So we ask the ancestors to gather around as we reach deep from the center of our circle into the earth, and we ask the earth to be with us here today to rise up and to help us feel a strong sense of belonging, of connection, of union with all living things, and a sense of understanding that we are here to make a unique gift manifest. And it is the wisdom of the earth that shows us day after day after day, season after season, climate after climate, continent after continent, oceans, air, whatever the environment is, the earth is showing us constantly how to manifest, how to adapt, how to change, and how to manifest. And we must learn this from this wise and ancient teacher. She brought us here for a reason in her dreaming. I don't presume to know that reason, but let us live it fully to the best of our ability in this day. We call out to the energy of the sky above, and by whatever name you call that highest power of the universe, let's call it down into the center of our circle and call it down around us to hold us well as we gather here together for this talk. Let us call in blessing. Let us call in the generosity of spirit that allows us to open up to all living things, and let us call in protection that we may be held well and risk hearing something today we do not know, speaking something to say we have never said before, that we might feel inside of ourselves a growing support for the truth, whatever that might be within you. Let the energy of the sky above hold us well, that we might hear that truth within us. Let the earth support us and the ancestors gather round and encourage us to go forward, to open our hearts to the truth within us, to feed that truth, the passion of our belly, and the clarity of our mind that we may emerge from this day better able to live our soul's true purpose. So welcome, everyone. Today's topic is healing, and we're going to look at healing through the alternative perspective that we, perspectives, actually, that we get from shamanism. So let's remember, uh, we've discussed this on many other shows, but that from a shamanic perspective, 
health is not a segmented idea. That health always means in shamanism well-being. And well-being speaks to a quality of relationship and interconnection and flow of energy between the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual aspects of the person, the person and um, the other people around them, the person and the environment, and the person and the invisible world. And that all of this is a dynamic, multivariable system of energy, and that it's all connected, and there is no way to speak of well-being without speaking of the whole system, without looking at the whole system. That doesn't mean people aren't smart enough to scope down and focus on a micro problem within the bigger system, but the problems themselves or the micro issues, let's say, without naming them problems, are never understood as something separate or something that can be conceived of and understood in a way that can help it to transform as something that's separate. So the compartmentalization of people, the disconnection of people from nature, the disconnection of a person from the family or from the community, all of these things are foreign um, in the idea of healing from a shamanic perspective. Um, So if this is a new idea, if you're a new listener today, welcome. I'm glad you're here. If you want to check back on some of the downloaded shows about these ideas, try some of the shows in January, the 28th and the 7th, our show is about shamanism in general and shamanic healing. And so for those of you that are listening for the first time today, all of the shows are archived by the next day on the Voice America website and on iTunes. And you are welcome to download those shows for free. And if you um, download a show that inspires you, I encourage you to share it with someone and to invite others to, to listen, whether it's now at the recorded time or downloaded. Um, and just help us to keep the show growing and the message to get out. Because today we're really talking about healing as transformation, which is really how it's understood in shamanic cultures around the world, particularly in the, in the pre-contact before the Western mindset arrived and began to adjust and adapt and change things. So as I spoke with my own helping spirits today in preparation for this show, the main message that they wanted communicated to us as human beings is that the healing is within us. The healing is within you. The question is how do you get out of the way of that healing? How do we get out of the way to allow the healing that's already within us to emerge? Um, And this is really frankly, what people have been asking shamans in the past and are asking them now, which is first ask the shaman to divine what is the situation. In other words, what healing is trying to happen and how am I in the way? And then the remedy is, so how do I get out of the way? And and in getting out of the way, what help do I need to do that? Do I need herbal help? Do I need shamanic help? Do I need... Um, antibiotic help? Do I need prayers from the Lama in the temple? What what help do I need mentally, emotionally, spiritually? Um, there's a, a concept in shamanic cultures which is just roughly translated to heart-to-heart talk. And then many times I've been observed um, a contemporary shaman doing a healing that's just conversation. It's just, you know, similar to therapy, I suppose. But not necessarily, since it's not really based on therapeutic principles and therapy, the different schools of therapy have many therapeutic principles. So the point is 
that people have always been asking the shaman, what is the healing that wants to emerge from me and how do I get out of its way? It's the simplest way really to understand healing from a shamanic perspective because we go back to the idea we've talked about in, in several different shows, which is let's say five people show up in a day, for me actually four because I only see four people a day, they show up and let's say they all have the same physical symptoms. They're all complaining of the same thing. From a shamanic perspective, I would not assume they all have the same problem. And even if they had the same diagnosable problem on the outside, like they all have the flu, I would not assume as a shamanic practitioner they have it for the same reason. So in other words, for each one of them, I'm still going to be asking what healing wants to emerge and how does this person get out of the way so that healing can come forward? And what tools or experiences or support does that person need um, for that healing to happen? So another message then from the spirit world today for us around this is that for us as contemporary people, usually the answer of what does the person need to get out of the way of the healing that needs to happen is energy. That the Here in America, at least, I can only speak for America, here in America, the majority of people who have enough sense to ask about healing are living in a way that keeps them in constant energy debt to themselves, constant energetic depletion, an inability to get through the day without some sort of stimulant, um, be they legal, like sugar, all the way to illegal substances. Um, and I'm not commenting on whether these substances should or shouldn't be illegal. I'm just pointing out that we are a stimulated and addicted culture and that what we're doing is we're trying to compensate for um, an energy-depleted state and that for most of us, the healing that needs to happen can't happen because there's no energy to run the transformation. So, shamanically speaking then, healings are most often a transformation, meaning the current situation, the current energetic pattern of the person showing up needs to change. And so we're asking, in, in terms of our healing, by whatever modalities we do the healing, we're asking for help making that transformation. And we're needing to find energy from somewhere and often support from somewhere. So we're going to talk about healing as transformation throughout our conversation here today. Sometimes healing is what we would call in um, mystical traditions a return. And I want to distinguish that from the general sort of American idea of healing, which is I was fine and then I got sick and I want to go back to feeling good. So it's an idea that I'm perfectly healthy, now I got something that's made me sick, and I want you to get rid of that thing that I got so I can go back to being healthy. And that's a very different idea than the return, because the idea of the return is more a sense that in living my life with all the challenges and distractions of my contemporary life, I've begun to stray from the things that are most meaningful to me. That, that most feed my passion and that most matter to me. And in that straying, I, um, I, I have lost that path and I need to return. I need to be reminded of that which is most essential and most important to me. I need to be reminded of the reasons that I am here. And so, um, so the return is often 
also a healing. But if we're in a state of having, you know, wandered off and gotten away from that path, then it's still a transformation of the current situation into one where we're energetically on the path again. So so even though it's a return, and, and in shamanism this would require a, a ceremony, it's still a transformation. So this is what we're going to discuss here today throughout our hour is healing as a transformation and the different ways to support that transformation so that your healing, whatever those healings might be, can be more successful, um, can run their course and allow you to be better able to live your soul's purpose in this lifetime. Thank you all for joining me this afternoon and I hope you'll join us again after this break. Welcome back everyone. This is your host Christina Pratt and we are talking about healing from some alternative perspectives through shamanism today. And uh, yes, as the nice lady said, we are live. You are welcome to call in or email me at Christina at lastmasscenter.org. Um, so I wanted to um, just, let's use me as an example. I'm a regular, everyday um, human. <laughs> and in terms of maintaining well-being, the first thing that I understand is the primary thing that is going to maintain my health and well-being is the choices that I make every day the choices I make in terms of relationship with myself, relationships with other people, how I spend my time, etc. That's the that is my primary place because it's basically defining how I'm going to use my energy in that day, how I'm going to spend it. Um or not, how I'm going to cultivate it. What am I doing with energy? That's all moving. The exchange of energy is moving through my life. It, based on my choices, based on my choice of attitude by which to approach things, um, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so the first thing is my choices. The next thing in maintaining well-being as a contemporary person, I live in a reasonably sized city, right? So I have a sense of the modalities that help me to transform physically, those that help me to transform emotionally, those that help me to transform psychologically, and those that help me to transform spiritually, the things that seem to work well for me and my current state of being. And I have practitioners that I trust that practice those different modalities so that when I need help, I know where to go. So my question to you is, do you have at least one modality that allows you to transform in each of the four aspects of who you are, physical, mental, emotional and spiritual do do you have a modality that you like and a practitioner you trust who practices it that you can get to that's an important thing to have everybody needs a support system we are all asked constantly by life to transform that is our shamanic perspective and our well-being is largely maintained by our ability to rise to those transformational challenges and we often need support. We cannot do it all ourselves. There are many things we can only do ourselves, and there are other things we need help with. Do you have your support system organized for yourself? The next thing is, do you practice enough self-awareness in the day to recognize that you need help? Do you notice when you're emotionally off-center? Do you notice when you're psychologically getting a little bit away from reality? Do you know what it feels like to be spiritually challenged in the day? Most of us know what it feels like to be exhausted, but by the time we're physically exhausted, we've usually crossed the line emotionally, spiritually, and um, psychologically. So the question is, do you practice enough self-awareness in your just everyday way of going through the day to know when you're in need? 
And my next question is, if you do, are you willing to ask for help? Do you know when to ask for help and when to hunker down and do it yourself? These are the basic questions, the basic understanding of a spiritual adult, of adult who recognizes what their responsibility is in a life, doesn't matter whether it's old or contemporary. That well, these are your this is these are your responsibilities as an adult to manage your life. And the final thing is recognizing because you know, I sometimes notice I need help and I sometimes choose not to ask for it. I sometimes don't do the things that I need to do. I'm just like everybody else. The day is full, right? There's a lot to do. I don't always take care of myself. I'm often at the end of the list, just like everybody else. So with all that said, do you know your bottom line? Do you know what it feels like when you cannot avoid your physical needs any longer? When you cannot avoid your emotional needs any longer? You cannot avoid your psychological or your spiritual needs any longer. Do you know your bottom line? Do you know when you have one foot over the edge and the next step you're going down? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves to maintain well-being in an everyday life. These should not be a big deal. These should be part of every day because this is what it takes to maintain well-being in the world, in human. And people who told you you were going to be able to just, you know, be in neutral and get through life with extreme well-being, great health, great sex life, passionate life, doing what you love, great relationships. People who told you you could do that without trying were lying to you. There is no way to have a rich, fulfilling, passionate life and live with yourself in a way that's not rich and passionate. It isn't going to happen. Okay? So, moving right along. So why is this? Because of things we talked about in so many other shows, I can't even name them all, which is that form follows thought. Um, energy, in other words, the energy of our day moves into the way we conceive of the day. So the energy of your life, in other words, fills the picture you have for your life. So in terms of healing now, if you cannot conceive accurately of the healing that you need, then the path you go on to get it is going to waste a whole lot of time and energy. And since having energy to transform is one of the main things that keeps us from truly healing and transforming, wasting energy is a problem. And since most of us are energy depleted, wasting energy is a problem. Right? Since most of us don't really even understand energy in this culture, wasting it is a problem. So there's a little theme here, as you can see, so the important thing here is to recognize that accurately understanding the healing that we need is going to help us have the most direct path towards the transformation required to move to a state of greater health and well-being. So as I was getting ready for the show and I journeyed, my helping spirit said, well, the very idea of healing itself is a, is a distraction from what is actually important. Like, great, I got this show about healing and now you're telling me it's a distraction? And they laughed at me, of course, as they always do, and pointed out that the real issue here is transformation. Whether we're living, whether we're healing, whether we're expressing, laughing, sleeping, whatever it is, we are here to transform. That is the shamanic perspective. And anyone who told you you got to be here and cruise through neutral was lying. That's not going to be a good life. I'm just, just 
you're here to transform. So you might as well pay attention to that. And so what we're talking about today is, well, how do we do that? Well, one of the main things to understand about healing transformations, that's very, very important, is that a transformation is like a chemical um, equation. Essentially, you put two substances together and they react to each other to make a third. So, because remember, transformation is not just change. Change your shoes, you can change back, right? Transformation is your feet change and now you need new shoes, right? And so transformation is like a chemical equation where the two substances that go in respond to each other in such a way that a third and previously unknown substance comes out. Okay, so that's transformation. So two things need to happen for your healing transformations to run their course, other than the whole needing energy thing. We already covered that, right? You need enough energy for that transformation to happen in the first place. In the second place, your transformation needs to be contained. So from a healing perspective, what that means is often you can't do the piece of healing you need to alone because it needs a bigger container. A lot of people cannot be the healing that needs to happen and the thing that holds the space for that, which is why sometimes we don't... Let's pick the simplest healing transformation is a big jumbled confusion in our brain. Often, we can sort that out just by talking with a good friend, um, uh, perhaps a good counselor, but basically just speaking with another human being. And that gets sorted out, our path gets clear, we're out of our confusion, and we move along. Simple transformation, simple healing of the psychological defugalty in our brain, right? Okay. Why can't we sort that out by ourselves? Because we can't be the transformation and contain it at the same time for whatever reason. And that's not a judgment in terms of good or bad. It just means that transformation that needs to happen needs a better container, bigger container. And there are many steps of healing that I see definitely through shamanic healing from things I can do myself to things I need one person to do, things I need a person who is skilled to bring in a modality to help to hold the space, to things I'm going to need several people to step in and help me to heal. Pretty sure we already talked about this on a different program. But the point is, what needs to heal and transform defines the container that it needs. And you have to be willing to keep stepping up the container if necessary. At the same time, you have to be willing to accept this isn't about other people. This is about you. You need to hold the space for this healing, and you are too leaky a container to do it, too afraid, too whatever. So the container thing goes both ways. The other thing I wanted to say before we go to this next break is transformations also need to run their course uncontaminated. And what I mean by that is the other thing about containers and holding space for people is that we need to learn to butt out. We need to learn to let people have their process and to ask for what they need, but otherwise to simply witness, to hold space, to offer silence and solitude, but to not project our story onto theirs. It's not helpful. And it distorts or um, brings impurities into their transformational process. And this is the fundamental difference between good practitioners and not-so-good practitioners. No matter what their training is, a good practitioner can hold space for someone to go through their transformation without contaminating it. And that's one of the things you can know as you are with different 
practitioners. You know the difference between a practitioner who's right on the truth, is completely accurate, and pushing you to know the truth yourself, and that kind of discomfort is very different from the discomfort of a practitioner who's just heaped their stuff on yours, so now you'll never find why you were there. So these are the things about transformation that are important, um, other than energy, is they must be contained and uncontaminated. So as we go to this next break, um, give that some thought. Feel free to call in or send me an email, and we'll continue with this discussion about healing and how to make it successful um, in the next section of our show. Welcome back, everyone. Today we are talking about healing and looking at some alternative perspectives on it through shamanism. And so far, we've talked about how healing is transformation from a shamanic perspective and that all transformation takes energy. So one of the main reasons we don't really heal fully is we don't have the energy to complete the process. The next things we talked about mainly is that transformations also must be contained. So, for example... If you've got kind of a funky cold or flu, but you continue going about your daily business without stopping, that's not containing the process. So your energy is going out all over the place. You're not focused on the healing that needs to happen. So that's one of the ways that the the healing process takes too long because you haven't contained it. It's a very typical contemporary way we do that. We just have this this low-grade illness, whatever it is, and we just act like we don't have it. We take things that are going to mask the symptoms and we act like we don't have it. Now, to a certain extent, that's necessary, but the question is, to what extent is it necessary? If you actually get, um, you know, sickness days, why don't you take one? Spend the whole day focusing on what is it that my life is trying to tell me that I'm not listening to because I'm busy. What is this illness offering to me? What is the gift? So, containment. The other one is contamination. And there's lots of different ways our transformational process gets contaminated and then lost in the whole process. One of the main ways is we go to too many different practitioners. They all have a different perspective of what's going on. And we completely lose track of what it is that we're trying to do. We have so many different perspectives on how to understand the situation we're in that we lose perspective entirely. Now, one of the values of having a relationship with helping spirits is you can take in all that information from all these different perspectives and let the helping spirits sort it out for you and help you to understand how to look at it. So getting lots of perspectives is not necessarily a bad thing if you have a way to sort it out. But for many people, it just totally contaminates the process. They get utterly overwhelmed by all the information. They have no way to sort it out, and their own healing process is lost in the whole it just gets smeared. It's like a river turning into a delta and, and being the whole flow of it being lost. So the next thing that I wanted to talk about is just an understanding of well-being in the first place. Back to the one of the things I said in the beginning of the show, which well-being really mostly has to do with our choices. Is our basic choices every day is the, is the most impactful thing we can do in maintaining our health and well-being. And I was talking with someone today this morning about the show and and saying part of my frustration in life is that if we all look at a mill, for example, that is polluting the water and polluting the air as it manufactures whatever it is that it's manufacturing, most of us would consider that problematic at least. Most of us would see some system that's simply polluting the environment around it as, as as a problem as an unhealthy situation. And we would see the, the, the 
the toll that it's taking on the system. And yet, personally, we don't view it the same way when we personally are like that mill and we are, we are spewing toxic emotions into the environment around us, spewing toxic psychology, toxic beliefs into the world around us, spewing toxic spiritual ideas around us. I was speaking with someone just about this show, actually, and instead of saying, you know, no thank you, I don't want to sponsor good luck with your show, she said, um, I wouldn't pay $600 to sponsor your show, and no one will. That's spiritually toxic. And so why would we do that, and why is it that when we live in a way that's emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically toxic, why do we not throw up our outrage the way we would if we were a mill polluting the river in the air? And so one of the main things about well-being is being able to access the toxicity of your environment and to be honest with yourself about the extent to which you're the polluter. And then to ask yourself, okay, what do I need to do to transform this system into a healthier state of well-being? I mean, it's not a crisis. But the point is you have to notice, you have to name the pollution pollution to then rally to figure out how to solve it instead of wondering why you're always exhausted when you get home from work. If the work environment is toxic, that's why, but what are you going to do about it? So these are the things in the, in the very beginning 20 years ago as I started to try to understand my own chronic illness that I started to ask myself were three questions. One question was, so what? You know, I would be doing whatever I was doing, supposedly for my health and well-being, but I would constantly ask myself, so what? What am I getting out of this? Is is this beneficial? Um, so what about this therapy? Is this therapist helpful? Is this process helpful? Is my belief I need to eat this way helpful? To constantly ask, so what? What is coming to me from this experience? The other thing that I did was was very, very rigorous about stopping lying to myself. And as, as I was just saying about, you know, recognizing the extent to which you're the polluter in your own environment or you're the enabler of the polluter in your own environment. How How is it that if you're not the one that is bringing toxicity into the healthy system, are you the one that's enabling that to happen? And how can that relationship be transformed? So part of it was to stop lying to myself. And and one of the first ways that I did that, and I was only 20-something, but I stopped calling my habits and my patterns in my life habits and patterns. If it was something that I did without thinking and that limited me from doing other things because I just did those things so quickly, I called them addictions. And man, when I started naming them addictions, which is what they are, I sure started changing them faster than if I'd called them habits and patterns. So that's one thing, is to stop lying to yourself about what you're doing. Educate yourself and pay attention. What are you doing? How come it's working out that way and how do you change it? And the final thing that I did in my 20s, this is a very important thing, is I learned what my base level pattern was. Now, this is different from me saying earlier that you can't get through life just on neutral and expect to have a fabulous life. This is more a sense of energetically, I educated myself to to learn energetically what do I normally feel like. 
And is that a healthy state of being or not? And how, what do I need to do to transform that? And so it's another issue of self-reflection, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, is do you know yourself? Do you know your baseline so you know when someone's thrown you off, when you've lost your grounding, when you've lost your center? If you don't know where your center is, there's no way you can know you lost it. If you don't know what grounding feels like, you don't know when you've lost it. And grounding, feeling centered, being aligned, knowing your own truth, these things are all critical to living life in a good way, to maintaining health and well-being, to being able to make those healthy choices. So where this kind of comes around to is this idea that I talk about with my clients, which is don't live your life in a way that your life becomes your excuse to not heal. Your life is really your means by which you heal and transform. It is not your excuse not to. Your children, your job, your partner, your lack of a job, your crappy apartment, your whatever it is in your life is not an excuse not to heal. You know, the most powerful transformations of healing that have come in my life have come when I had the least when I was most challenged. So the important thing is to not set your life up so that you're holding the transformation of your life hostage with the setup of your life. Um, Because, you know, of course, if you do that, you're setting it all up to fall because nothing can stand in the way of your transformation in life if that's what you're asking for. So one of the things... um, clients have been saying, mostly students actually, been talking about recently is is a growing recognition that the cycle of transformation that we've talked about in a bunch of shows, the teaching that I do, the four-year teaching, is really a bare minimum for the skills for life. And I would agree with that. Um, It's not the only bare minimum. And my point at this stage in the show is just to point out that another thing about healing and transformation is you need a system. You really can't just go about it willy-nilly. Life is really a little bit too complicated for that. There are lots of great systems. There are shamanic systems. My cycle of transformation is one of them. There are mystery schools. You can go get a degree from a university that offers you know, education in transformational processes. Whatever it is, get yourself a system and use it. Get yourself a way of understanding your life and understanding yourself relative to it and and so that you can make choices to move your healing and your transformational process along. Um, And understand, as I said earlier, everybody needs a system. And and not everyone's going to choose shamanism, but choose something. And so spend 30 minutes today, well, maybe 15 minutes today, just checking in with yourself about what kind of system might you like I like shamanism because it's wild and creative and somewhat unstructured. For some people, that's way too scary. Check out Naropa, California Institute of Integral Studies, um, JFK University, uh, Pacifica. Any of these universities that offer transformational education, if you like order and organization, pick a system that's ordered. But pick a system. Google around. Find something. Try something. But pick something. Because otherwise, you're just at sea without your little ship to get you towards that star that is your soul's purpose. So we're coming into a break now, and I hope you'll join us for the final part of the show. 
And in the meantime, know that you can let us know if you'd like a weekly reminder about the show. Just email me, Christina, at lastmesscenter.org, and we'll put you on the radio show list. And that means you just get one email a week reminding you of the radio show, its topic, and the link to get there. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking about healing and looking at it from, from alternative perspectives through shamanism here today. So as we come into this final section of the show, um, I'll share again some things that the Helping Spirits were talking with me about in preparation for the show. And the, the main thing was they kept coming back to this idea that well-being for a human being is a dynamic. It's not a, a place you buy real estate. It's a dynamic. It's always changing. Like my, What was the highest state of well-being for me at 26 would be illness for me now. You know, 20 years later, 22 years later. What was the highest state of well-being for me now, hopefully, will will be illness for me in 20 years from now. Hopefully, I will have transformed and healed um, that much. So so this idea of well-being, it's a dynamic, and it's constantly being maintained or destroyed by our choices. And what is interesting about that is that sometimes destroying your current state of well-being is necessary for healing. And this, to me, is the the beauty of shamanism is when the trickster comes in, when the reversal is the path. And I know for myself, um, because I tend to be a very organized, um, disciplined person, that I, I it's not that challenging for me. I mean, I danced every day of my young life, and so for me to do something every day physical is normal. It's not a big deal. For some people, just getting to the gym is a big deal. Okay, it's just not for me because that's how I grew up. So to have my Qigong practice, to cultivate my energy, to do my workouts for my heart, you know, to do all of this on a daily basis, to live my life, all of that is I can get that going, get to work, see my clients, and, and my little pattern gets going. And what's been interesting to me, especially over the last 10 years, is how often that whole healthy system I have developed in my life brings me to a higher state of health. And as soon as my being registers that that new level of health is now the new normal, something rises up to be healed and the whole system collapses. Or I have to let it go. I have to constantly choose to destroy it. So that this thing that can I now have the energy to heal can rise up and be addressed in a new way and released so that I can rise to an even higher state of health. And so the maintenance of the well-being is a dynamic that is constantly maintained by our choices, and we have to understand that at times the right choice is to destroy it, to let a new one form. So if you haven't watched the first Aliens, you know, back I don't know when, that scene where that first baby alien comes out of, who is it, John Hart's chest or whoever it is, comes bursting out of that chest and they're all mortified. You know, honestly, that's often how I perceive of the need for healing in people, is that we're cruising along at a really high state of well-being and that becomes our new normal. So now we finally have the energy for the healing that needs to happen and then, bam, suddenly we're whatever. And people always say, this isn't fair, everything was going so well. But that's the point. It is going well. 
And this is a transformation to take you to the, an even higher state of well-being. And that, that whatever it is that now needs to heal has to get out of your body, has to get out of your energy system so that you can continue in this path of transformation that you're on. So if that's the case then, you know, what is the point of balance? And from a shamanic perspective, we need to understand that that point of balance within ourselves, when are we maintaining, when are we destroying, how do we know what the right thing is for our well-being? That point of balance, that point of reference, is not relative to you and your happiness. And this is our great contemporary misunderstanding. It's not relative to you and your happiness. It's relative to your soul's purpose. What you choose to do and how you maintain your well-being from a shamanic perspective has to do with do you have the energy, the resources, the clarity, the heart, the courage to do what you have come here to do and that you will be in your highest state of well-being if you're simply doing what you came here to do. And that for most of us, the contemporary distresses of our everyday life is because we are distracted and we're moving away from the path our soul is here to walk. We can't find it. We've lost the way back. We don't have the courage. We're afraid. We've let our life become the obstacle to keep us from doing what we've come here to do. That is what maintains the highest state of well-being from a shamanic perspective, doing what you've come here to do. So live close to the path and you will live well. So today we've been talking about healing from a shamanic perspective. And it's all about transformation and energy. And frankly, it is challenging. It's challenging for me. And I actually have some understanding about it. And I have lots of practitioners that help me in lots of different modalities. If you feel inspired today for shamanic healing, understand that you may find someone in your area. You're also welcome to contact me. There are some things that I can do long distance. Some things I can't, and I'm happy to tell you that before we get started. And you can contact me just by contacting Christina at lastmasscenter.org. There's not really any reason to wait. And so you might as well reach out and ask for help for the healing that you need to maintain the well-being that you need to live close to that path, to bring your energy and resources to bear, to live your soul's purpose. And may you do one thing today to step more firmly onto that path. Thank you all for listening today. Next week, the show is going to be Crazy Logic, The Shortest Path. So what we're going to be talking about next week is now that we've set up months and months of of shows about shamanism that help you understand all the variables and how large life really is, the question begins, how can we possibly fit it all in? And the answer to that is crazy logic. Sometimes you just can look at all those switchbacks going up that hill, and that hill is your path to enlightenment, and you just want to find the shortcut. So we're going to talk about all the beautiful helping spirits that exist in the shamanic world that help us to find that shortcut. So in thanks for today, I want to give thanks to the ancestors for being with us, holding us well. Give thanks to the earth below and the sky above for coming together in that great alchemy of life. May we hold that dance of the earth and the sky, the above and the below, in our own bellies and know that we are 
that dance of life here on the face of this planet. And let us dance well. Let that be a dance of joy and a dance of love. And finally, I give thanks to the heart, that place that unites us all. And let us do something today that allows an expression of your heart in your life. And it's all right if it's, you know, guerrilla heart fair. It's all right if you just surprise somebody with something sweet, something kind, something loving. It doesn't matter if people understand. All that matters is the smile. So I'd like to um, invite you all to um, explore the Voice America site to find the other um, archived shows that are there. They're also available on iTunes. Um, For more definitions and clarity about shamanism, I actually wrote an encyclopedia. And the do not go to Amazon to buy it because Amazon refuses to get the correct title or the correct price. The, the least expensive way to get the book would be on my website, and that is lastmaskcenter.org. Lastmaskcenter.org. There's information about classes, healings, and um, it's the simplest way to get the encyclopedia. Um, what else do we have to tell you? Um, also keep in mind that the archives on the Voice America site, can, you can also search by guests. We've had a lot of wonderful guests over the last several months, and um, please feel free to check out their shows and connect with them through their websites. Um, So that's all for this week, everyone. I hope that you will do at least one thing this week also that helps us to spread the word about the show so that our audience can grow and that our support for the show can grow and that people and their own wisdom and information about transformation and healing and living life with joy can grow. Thank you all. We're all in this together, so let's uh, do it with love. Hope to talk to you all next week.